when the weather cleared. He offered to pay for bringing in a relief pilot. But Pan Continental was so impressed that instead they made an example of his self-discipline and wisdom. In a couple of hours, Rayford would be the first to see hints of the sun, a teasing palette of pastels that would signal a reluctant dawn over the continent. Until then, the blackness through the window seemed miles thick. His groggy or sleeping passengers had window shades down, pillows and blankets in place. For now, the plane was a dark, humming sleep chamber for all but a few wanderers, the attendants, and one or two responders to nature's call. The question of the darkest hour before dawn, then, was whether Rayford Steele should risk a new, exciting relationship with Hattie Durham. He suppressed a smile. Was he kidding himself? Would someone with his reputation ever do anything but dream about a beautiful woman fifteen years his junior? He wasn't so sure anymore. If only Irene hadn't gone off on this new kick. Would it fade, her preoccupation with the end of the world, with the love of Jesus, with the salvation of souls? Lately she had been reading everything she could get her hands on about the rapture of the church— "'Can you imagine, Rafe?' she exulted. "'Jesus coming back to get us before we die?' "'Yeah, boy,' he said, peeking over the top of his newspaper. "'That would kill me.' She was not amused. "'If I didn't know what would happen to me,' she said, "'I wouldn't be glib about it.' "'I do know what would happen to me,' he insisted. "'I'd be dead. Gone. Fini. "'But you, of course, would fly right up to heaven.' He hadn't meant to offend her. He was just having fun. When she turned away, he rose and pursued her. He spun her around and tried to kiss her, but she was cold. Come on, Irene, he said. Tell me thousands wouldn't just keel over if they saw Jesus coming back for all the good people. She had pulled away in tears. I've told you and told you. Safe people aren't good people. They're just forgiven. Yeah, I know he said, feeling rejected and vulnerable in his own living room. He returned to his chair and his paper. If it makes you feel any better, I'm happy for you that you can be so cocksure. I only believe what the Bible says, Irene said. Rayford shrugged. He wanted to say, good for you, but he didn't want to make a bad situation worse. In a way, he had envied her confidence— but in truth, he wrote it off to her being a more emotional, more feelings-oriented person. He didn't want to articulate it, but the fact was he was brighter. Yes, more intelligent. He believed in rules, systems, laws, patterns, things you could see and feel and hear and touch. If God was part of all that, okay. A higher power, a loving being, a force behind the laws of nature, fine. Let's sing about it, pray about it, feel good about our ability to be kind to others, and go about our business. Rayford's greatest fear was that this religious fixation would not fade like Irene's Amway days, her Tupperware phase, and her aerobic spell. He could just see her ringing doorbells and asking if she could read people a verse or two. Surely she knew better than to dream of his tagging along. Irene had become a full-fledged religious fanatic, and somehow that freed Rayford to daydream without guilt about Hattie Durham. Maybe he would say something, suggest something, 
hint at something as he and Hattie strode through Heathrow toward the cab line. Maybe earlier. Dare he assert himself even now, hours before touchdown? Next to a window in first class, a writer sat hunched over his laptop. He shut down the machine, vowing to get back to his journal later. At thirty, Cameron Williams was the youngest ever senior writer for the prestigious Global Weekly, the envy of the rest of the veteran staff. He either scooped them on or was assigned to the best stories in the world. Both admirers and detractors at the magazine called him Buck, because they said he was always bucking tradition and authority. Buck believed he lived a charmed life, having been eyewitness to some of the most pivotal events in history. A year and two months earlier, his January 1st cover story had taken him to Israel to interview Chaim Rosenzweig and had resulted in the most bizarre...